Amen. Amen. So welcome to Grace Point this morning. If this is your first time here, uh, we definitely want to say thank you. No, you could have gone anywhere, uh, but you're here with us. And so we definitely want to thank you for that. So uh, we started a series last week called No Matter What. Uh, And our title last week was Rejoice Always. Rejoice no matter what's going on, still be glad about it. Although you're sad and you're crying, still be glad about it. Why? Because you're still alive. Because God will still change things. And so today we're going to talk about something different. We're going to talk about, we're going to talk about uh, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing, without ceasing. I remember when I was younger, when I was in high school, I had a friend by the name of Brandon Stevens. And his family was well off. Like really, really, really well off. I don't know if you guys heard me in offering a couple weeks ago, but I said sometimes you have those people that live on the other side of the tracks. They don't like to come to... I lived on the other side of the tracks where people didn't like to come to that often, and especially those well-off type of people. But for some reason, he befriended me, and, and, and his family would take me to church and things like that. And I remember one day, I was staying the night with him, and I was sitting at his house. And we were sitting around a dinner table, and I had this cold that I just couldn't get rid of. And my nose was running, and, and, and I was coughing all the time. And his dad looked at me. His dad said, sounds like you have a head cold and a hacking cough. And to me, I was like thought he was making a joke because I didn't know what a head cold or a hacking cough was. And my mom was a nurse, but I, we was, if we were sick, we were just sick. I didn't know the names for it. And so I thought he was telling a joke, so I just kind of looked at him like. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then I go home and I ask my mom, I said, Mom, you know, uh, um, Brendan's dad said that I had a, a, a head cold and a hacking cough. She said, are you sick? I said, yes. She says, what's wrong with you? And I said, well, my nose is running and I'm coughing. She says, well, you have a head cold and a hacking cough. And so then I felt kind of, oh, man, I feel kind of, feel kind of stupid now. You know, but I didn't know what it was. And so the reason why I'm talking about a hacking cough is because when the Bible talks about praying without ceasing, some, without ceasing, some version says to pray constantly, to pray continually, never stop praying. It's, it's, some people have actually equated that to a hacking cough. Now, what is a hacking cough? A hacking cough is something that's, something that's dry. Uh, you cough a lot. It's very frequent, but it doesn't happen all the time. And that's what we should do whenever we are praying without ceasing, is we should pray frequently. We should pray constantly. We should pray whenever we have a chance to pray. Now, what I'm not telling you to do is I'm not telling you that everywhere that you go, everywhere that you walk, that you're in school or, 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 or you're on your job, whatever you're doing, you just walk around, oh, Lord, we thank you so much. You're so wonderful. You're so holy. You are so magnificent. Uh, the Bible, Jesus told his disciples not to do that. He says, because that's, that's, that's what the other people do, is they want to be seen. But what we do is, is, is we pray in our minds. We, we, we pray in our spiritual language. And those prayers are just as effective as it is you being vocally. So here we are again, Paul giving us another exercise to do. Last week he told us, he says, look, I need you to exercise your joy muscles. Regardless of what goes on, you need to rejoice. And this week he says, not only that, in order for you to be strong is I need you to exercise some more muscles. Prayer. Pray constantly. Pray without ceasing. And I know that's hard for some of us, especially when we're going through things. I'm in a big battle right now. And I told you last week that I never want to stand up here and act like that I have everything all together, like my life is perfect, because it's not. Spiritual warfare is real. And there is no specific person that the devil says, well, I'm not going to leave. I'm not going to mess with them. I'm going to go after this person. If you are a Christ follower, you have a target on your back. And the devil is coming for you. It's not a fact of of, of if he's going to do it. It's when is he going to do it. 
because it's going to happen. And so, but our weapon in order to do this is prayer. Through prayer. John, what is prayer? Prayer is the language between me and heaven. It's kind of just like a bride and a groom. In order for me and my wife to uh, be good together, to uh, grow in our marriage together, is I have to communicate with her. And she has to communicate with me. It's the same thing with you and your daddy. In order for you to get stronger, to know more about him, to move from this place to that place, you have to communicate with him. You have to pray. You have to talk with him. But more importantly, you have to be real with him. Where are you at in your walk now? Be real with him because he's not going to help you out if you're being fake and phony about it. But he wants you to be real about it. God, I don't know. I just can't pray right now. God, I want to go and punch somebody in the face right now. God, take them out right now. Be real with them, but, but, but change my heart. Is he wants you to be, to be real with them. Now, I'm going to read this very long scripture to start us off. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 17, 17 is really long. You guys can follow it actually on the screen. Pray without ceasing. That's it. Pray without ceasing. Now, this word, this whole thing, this idea of praying without ceasing, it suggests a mental attitude of, of, of being in constant communication, prayerfulness with God, to continual personal fellowship with God and consciousness of being in his presence throughout the day. Pray without ceasing. And I have four things I want to talk about that I think may be able to help us a little. Well, it helps me. May be able to help us a little bit in order to have a, a, a better effective, a more effective prayer life with Jesus. For one, prayer is praise. Prayer is praise. John, what do you mean about prayer is praise? Well, in the scripture in Matthew 6, uh, the disciples came to Jesus and they said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And he said, you want to know how to pray? This is what I want you to do. I need you to go in your closet, go into your secret place. Go lock your door in your closet, and I need you to call out to me. He says, don't do like the religious leaders of the day do, where they're calling out and they're using all these big fancy words because they want to be seen. But you need to pray to your father in secret. And it says, Matthew 6 and 9 says this, it says, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And then when we skip down to Matthew 6, 13, clause B, it says this, For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So what did I just do? I just told God, just repeated back to him who he is. Is I now took the pressure off of me. I said, God, you are awesome. You are the father. You are the one that are in heaven. Yours is the kingdom, not mine. I'm going to praise. So praise is a word that means price. Or it means value. It's also a word that means adoration and honor or to lift up, lift high. One of my favorite Old Testament words in the Bible is halal. Halal is the root word to hallelujah, which some say which is the highest praise. And so what I do is I give God the highest praise before I ask him for anything. God, I'm going to tell you who you are. You're holy. You're righteous. You're all powerful. You are the king of kings and you are the Lord of lords. And so what we have to do in order for us to get, uh, we have to understand that we have to get our priorities straight first. It's not about us, but it's about him. All prayer should begin with giving God praise and glory for who he is, for his acts of power and for his surpassing greatness. Praise and worship during prayer time is a method in which we use in order to set the atmosphere. Which is the reason why before you even hear the preached word, we have praise and worship. Because God, we're giving you praise. We're giving you glory. We're here for you. We're not here for myself. 
But we're here to lift you up. Yes, I am here because I need something from you because I had a rough week. I understand that. I did too. But our ultimate job is to give God praise. And unless we get our priorities in place, then for years, for decades, for years, we're going to be praying for the same thing and nothing's ever going to happen. Because our priorities are messed up. So when we pray, whose will are you praying to be done? Is it yours or is it his? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your name is holy. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Prayer is praise. And the second thing that I want you guys to consider is prayer is repentance. Prayer is repentance. Now, I understand when we hear this word repentance, maybe some of us think about the, 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 the person on the side of the road is carrying the sign, repent or go to hell. And that scared the bejesus out of you. And you're like, well, if this God is like that, then I don't want any part to do with it. But in reality, repentance is not something that we should be afraid of. Repentance actually brings us hope. And why do I say that? Because whenever I repent, it turns me from my wicked ways back into a right relationship with the Father. Now I'm in right standing. So if I have things that's blocking me that I know that I should repent from and I don't, Jesus is not hearing your prayers. Because you're allowing something to be in the center. You're allowing something to take his place. Matthew 6 and 12 says this. It says, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Now, you notice this is the Lord's prayer. Now, if you notice the first part of that, he praised God. Now, this part, he's saying, Lord, forgive me. I repent. Forgive me. Forgive those who have wronged me. Repentance provides us hope, and it means to turn around, to turn your back on something. True repentance is that when you truly mean it, that's what's going to open up the line of communication between you and God. True repentance is not just being sorry. True repentance is, because I can be sorry for something, but still go and do the same thing and be sorry again. But whenever I repent for something, it means that I turn my back on it. I no longer want to do that again. Now, is it hard to to, to turn away from it? Oh, absolutely. Why? Because we're fleshly people. Because there's a war going on. There's a spiritual battle that's going on for your soul. Matter of fact, the devil doesn't care anything about you nor your flesh. He doesn't. Because he knows where his final destination is going to be, and he wants to take you along there with him. And so he knows that if you continue to live and continue to grow, as Jesus said, that you will no longer go to hell with him, and that's exactly what he wants you to do. See, when we repent of a sin, we are immediately back in right standing with God if we truly meant it. This allows for the communication line between Jesus and us to be made clear, and he can hear us because separation no longer is a key factor in our communication. Communication breakdowns. A lot of relationships. Communication breakdowns. Because we're not honest, because we're not up front. Because we're afraid of hurting people's feelings and instead of telling the truth and being real and raw about it. But that's what repentance is, is being real and raw with Jesus, with God. Then he can fix it. Then our communication is open. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those 
who trespass against us. God, I know that I did something. And this is what I did. Forgive me. God, they wronged me. And initially, what I would like to say is, God, take them out. God plagued them with the black plague right now. Keep them away. Fleshly people, that's what we do. But spiritual people don't do that. Spiritual people still love. Spiritual people still pray for those who abuse you. Spiritual people still praise for the salvation of those who do you wrong. Imagine how you treated Jesus when you came to him. And even knowing we were unlovable a lot of times, Jesus said, I still love you. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I'm still going to die because my people need me. Mike Mobley said this. He says, when we don't repent, we worship ourselves. But when we do repent, we worship Jesus. So prayer is praise. Father, you're great. You're holy. You're wonderful. A lot of us have it backwards. Is God give me. God answer this. God do this. Oh, yeah, by the way, prayer is praise. Prayer is repentance. And thirdly, prayer is asking. So I have to praise God. And then I have to repent for those things that I've done so our communication line can be open. And then I can ask him for the things that I need him to do for me. Give us this day our daily bread. Does these scriptures sound familiar to all of you? Give us this day our daily bread, Matthew 6 and 11. And then Matthew 6 and 13, Clause A says, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. God, you're holy. You're wonderful. Lord, I'll repent for my wicked ways. And now my communication line is open by asking. See, Jesus wants you to know that when you pray and ask, he hears you. And I know that some of us may feel that our prayers aren't getting through. God is not listening to me. But that's a lie of the enemy. Because Jesus hears you. Now, we're going to get some further down in my next point. We're going to talk about some things. But I'll give you a little hint right now. Just because you pray for things right now doesn't mean that God is going to answer it right now. It's not our job to say yes or no to our prayers. It's God's job to say yes or no to our prayers. As a matter of fact, sometimes we pray things that if God gave it to us right now, we would destroy ourselves because of it. Because we're not ready for those prayers to really be answered. It's good. And we want it. But not everything you want is good for you. And so we have to understand that just because we pray for something doesn't mean that God is going to answer it at all. It doesn't change the fact that he's still God and he sits on the throne. It doesn't change the fact that he's not giving you strength because he always gives us strength to continue to press through whatever it is that we're going through. That's your answered prayer. God, let me have a large bank account. Are your bills paid? Yes. Okay, he answered your prayer. Sometimes we pray for things that's not even in our best interest, and we have to be careful with that. God is never too busy nor preoccupied with other things to where he can't talk with you. He just wants you to start the conversation. That's how it is sometimes with my wife and I. 
If I get upset with her, I don't want to talk to her. And most of the time, she starts a conversation because I don't want to talk to her. But had I started it before, things would have been worked out a lot sooner than what it was. But because I was being selfish, because I didn't repent, I was worshiping myself. But had I done that, baby, I'm sorry. Look, I messed up. This is, this is what I, look, I, w- I won't do it again. Now I'm worshiping God. And he gets the glory because of that. And it causes for a lot better relationship. So it's a little marriage counseling for some of you. No charge. It's free. It's free. Christianity is relational. The only way for a relationship to grow is through proper communication. If I'm not, if I want to know more about my daddy, if I want to know more about Jesus, but I'm not talking to him, how in the world can I know more about him? How do I know about what his will is for my life if I don't ask him? Because you have not, because you ask not. I heard this saying a long time ago, and I used to use it a lot of times when I was still active duty in the Marine Corps. Uh, uh, little people come to me, but, uh, uh, you know, Sassar Miller, this didn't happen. I say, well, look, you never ask. Closed mouths don't get fed. If you're hungry, open your mouth and eat. I can't pick up something to put in my mouth and expect me to be full and fed with my mouth, with my mouth closed. You have to open your mouth. If you want something, talk about it. Open your mouth, say something. God doesn't only care about the larger plans of the universe, but also about each and every individual here. I love that God created a multitude of people, but he cares about me individually. My prayer is my prayer. It's not about you. That's why he said, go into your secret place. Some of our prayers have to be secret. You can't tell everybody everything about what you're going through and about what you're praying. Because just because somebody sits in your face and smiles in your face doesn't mean that they have your best interest at heart. You may tell them something and they may say, oh, yeah, Lord, go ahead and don't do that for them. Because if I know if you don't do that for them, then I'll get ahead. People do that. And so you have to watch who you have in your circle. You have to watch who you tell things. That's why secret prayer is just that. You don't need to know all my business, and I don't need to know all of yours. If I'm going through stuff, I say, look, guys, I'm going through something. Pray for me. And that's it. As a matter of fact, not everybody can handle everything that you go through. And some of the stuff, the reason that you are going through the things that you are going through is because God is trying to take you somewhere that he's not taking somewhere, somebody else. And so your response will dictate where you go and how much you grow. Your response to what you go through, does it hurt? Absolutely. I'm not saying don't neglect that, that, that you're hurting and that this is bothering you. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying don't forget who sits on the throne. If you need to cry, cry. If you need to shout, shout. But by God, be real with him. That's the only way that he's going to be able to help you. See, God is not some kind of deaf celestial being that when you pray that he doesn't hear you. He does hear you and he wants you to know that he heard you. And he wants you to know that he's working it out even right now that he's working it out on your behalf. Remember the old song that said that he may not come when you want him, but he'll be there on time. We have to understand that our time is not his time. He says that in scripture. God doesn't work in time. God sits out of, outside of time and he creates it. And he knows what's happening a million years from now because he created everything. 
And so what do you need? Do you need a daily dose of him? Ask. Do you need him to help you to rid, to, 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 to not succumb to that temptation? Well, you need to ask. After you tell him who he is first, and after you repent for the things that you've done. Now, some of you may say, I, I went to this church a long time ago. Where the pastor would say, if you prayed about it and you asked for forgiveness, you don't need to ask anymore. Because if you do that, that means you truly didn't repent. That's not Bible. It's, it's not. Scripture tells us that, that we should always repent. As a matter of fact, uh, um, he says that, that we should forgive somebody 70 times 7. So if they continue to do the same thing, I still got to forgive them. It doesn't stop. Repentance is a lifestyle. Now, what it doesn't mean is that I can continue to keep doing the same thing, repenting for the same thing, because if you keep doing that, then you have not truly repented. You're just sorry. And you expect God to be a magic genie, that God, whenever I want something, now I'm going to rub the little magic jar and expect you to come up and give me my three wishes. But then when you don't give me the three wishes and they don't come true, now I don't believe in you. You're not really God. That's not true. And we're going to talk about that later on in this next point, and I need to get through this because I am going off right now. Yes, so, uh, Jesus. Jesus. You see, God transcends or he surpasses his creation, yet he's very active in our lives. No prayer is too small for God not to hear it. And no prayer is too large for him not to answer it. As a matter of fact, I like to tell people, pray big. Pray for the big stuff. Because if I can do something in my own strength, I don't need God. Which I can't do anything in my own strength. But he wants you to begin to pray the big prayers, the big stuff, and see what he'll do. Test him and see won't he prove to be real. He just only needs you to ask and believe. That's it. To ask and believe. Believe on the same thing that you pray. Believe that he's already answered it. Even if it doesn't come when you want it to, believe that he's already answered it. And speak that thing to existence. So we have to give God praise. And then we have to repent for things that I've done. You see, prayer permits us the opportunity to present our request to God. If you know you need something, although he hears and knows everything before you even ask, He wants you to open your mouth. No matter the circumstance, you can always talk to God. Paul Miller, in in his book, A Praying Life, says, he says, know that you can't do life on your own. You can't do it on your own. In other words, prayer is a language of trusting the Lord in all things and opens doors that no man can shut and closes doors that no man can open. Some of us need to pray, God, close this door. Not all open doors are good. Just because it's open don't mean that we should walk through it. We should ask God what we should do. God, God, do you want me to walk through this door or not? If you don't want me to, close it off. Shut the door. For my singles, God, this door is open for me to be in a relationship with this person. Do you want me to be in it? Yes or no? If not, close the door. Because if you walk through a door that doesn't belong to you, it's going to be trouble. Trouble. And although it does hurt for us to want to be in relationships with people, singles, that's not always the best thing for you. There's power in your singleness. I just want you to know that. 
And sometimes you have to pray for closed doors. You have to pray for closed doors. And that takes me to my final point. Prayer is yielding. John, what do you mean prayer is yielding? Yielding means that I give up control and understand that God is in charge. Matthew 6 and 10 says this. It says, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth, in earth as it is in heaven. God, I yield everything over to you. Even Jesus knew that not all of his human prayers were going to be answered. And this is difficult for some of us to imagine that, that, that a God who tells us that you have not because you ask not. A God that tells us to ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Open or knock and the door will be open to you. But when I pray to you, not all of my prayers are going to be answered. Jesus knew that not all of his prayers were going to be answered. As a matter of fact, let's go to this scripture and check this out in Matthew 26, verses 36 through 44. It says, then Jesus went with his disciples. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. So even that means that although you're here in my location, in the same area that I'm in, I still need to go and be by myself to pray to my daddy. He went away. And it says, and taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. You ever felt like that? You just felt sorrowful. And you felt troubled. And sometimes you don't even know why you feel like you feel. You just know you feel some type of way. It's hard for me to pray. Then he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. Pray with me. Look out with me. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. He's telling us right there that unless we pray, temptation is going to take over our lives. But if we watch and we pray, a lot of the times God is going to give us clues of what's coming our way. And he's giving us strength. He says, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, for the second time, he went away and prayed. My father... If this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And again, he came and found them sleeping for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words again. Three times Jesus prayed for an easier way out, but he knew that nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. See, our prayers are only as effective as you allow the Father to be. If you relinquish over your power to him and say, God, I can't do this no more. No muss. I can't do it. It's too much for me. I've tried and nothing has ever happened. God, everything is yours. Then he can begin to work with that thing. And you've given him authority over that. See, God is sovereign. and He is supremely in charge of what happens in his universe. There's nothing that you can ask for, nothing that you're going through that your father doesn't already know about. And there's nothing that you can ask for and nothing that you're going through that God has not already prepared a way for you. He's already done it. As a matter of fact, he told us that in this world, you will have troubles. 
You're going to go through stuff just being here. He says, but take heart for I have overcome the world. And if I am in Christ and Christ is in me, doesn't that make me an overcomer as well? You see, although we may not understand his actions all the time, nothing takes God by surprise. Nothing takes him by surprise. So that sickness that you have right now, God already knew about it. The struggles and maybe the depression that you're going through right now, God already knew about it. The drama that you're going through right now, God already knew about it. The the issues that you have with somebody or maybe somebody has issues with you, God already knew about it. Maybe somebody shuts you out of their lives and stuff. Well, for one, that might be a good thing. But for two, God already knew about it. Is it going to hurt? Absolutely. But take heart. Be encouraged. I have overcome the world. See, God is omnipotent. He's all-powerful, and anything less would be questionable. He's omnipresent. Everywhere, all the time. Anything less would be dismissible. God is omniscient. He's all-knowing. Anything less would be misinformable. But he is the only wise God, our Savior. To God be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forever. Amen. Family, listen, I don't know what you're going through. One thing that I can tell you is that God knows. Right now, I happen to be in a very big spiritual battle personally. And days are hard. And I was at a place this weekend if you guys remember me telling you about my aunt in Arizona who was very sick she passed away on Tuesday and um, Suzette and my son Elijah and my younger brother who's back there in the back with the orange shirt on say hey hey bub hey bub just to tell you the power of a prayer we, 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 we've been praying for him how many heart attacks you had bub three how many stints you have in five and he's 37 years old We didn't know if he was going to make it. He didn't know if he was going to make it. And I remember sitting in the hospital and he looked at me and my sister one time and he said, y'all think I'm going to make it? Because that's how he talked to y'all. Y'all think I'm going to make it? And I just told him, I said, Bubba, I wish I had an answer for you, but I don't. But God knows. But the power of prayer got to a point where his heart was working at 15% at one point. And we're, we're, we're at what? How, how high is it now? What's that? It's about 45% now. So it's getting stronger. Power of prayer. And so my aunt passed away on Tuesday and we drove to Phoenix, Arizona on Thursday. Had a memorial service on Friday and drove back here uh, last night. And Pastor Rich said, he says, John, you sure you want to preach on Sunday? And I said, Pastor Rich, I have to preach this message. And why did I tell him? I said, Pastor, I said, I, I'm living. And he, he'll tell you, I said, because I'm living this now. I, I, I am. This is all that I have. Got so bad this weekend, I didn't even know how to pray. And my wife said, 
He said, Jay, he says, we have to be before the Lord. We have to fast and we have to pray. I just told him, I said, I don't even know what to pray right now. I, I don't. And it was hard. And I know that things are hard for you right now. And maybe you're saying, God, I've been going through this for so long and I don't know why I'm going through this right now. I don't have words to say. That's okay because he's, that's why he sent us the comforter, the Holy Spirit. He just wants us to open up our mouths. That's it. And if all we have to say is, oh, the Holy Spirit translates that, Jesus, they need you to move right now. And if all you have is tears that comes down your face, the Holy Spirit is saying, look, you need to get here right now. This is what they're going through. And I know that some of you are facing, it feels like the, 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 the struggles of your life. My wife said, you feel like your life is crashing before you? I said, yeah. Yeah. Because I never imagined myself in this place. But the enemy doesn't say that I'm going to mess with you. I'm not going to mess with you. I'm not going to mess with you. I'm going to mess with you. As long as you are a born, or a, a, a blood-bought believer in Jesus Christ, you have a target on your back. And as I said before, it's not the matter of if it's going to happen. It's just when. And if you're not in a fight right now, be ready because it, it's coming. But take heart because I have overcome the world. So because I now have an effective prayer life, I understand that in order for my prayers to go to Jesus, for him to be able to hear it, I first have to praise him for who he is and for his mighty acts, not because of what he's done for me, but because he's God and I'm not. Because he knows everything and I don't. God, you're holy. God, you're wonderful. God, I just give you glory because you're God. Because you died on the cross and you rose up with all power in your hand. God, you are the one who sits high. You are the one that sits at the right hand of the Father. You are the one who sits on the throne. God, forgive me. I repent of my sins. Help me to be better. Father, show me a better way. I should do. God, give me strength. Keep me surrounded by peace and joy and love and understanding. You need wisdom, ask for it. You need understanding, ask for it. God, I don't own anything. Everything belongs to you. You are all powerful. And so when we begin to do that, we understand that we can trust him with our lives. And we can trust him with our prayers. I'm asking all of you to stand right now. What I would like for you to do is I'd like for you to join hands with one another. And we are going to pray and ask God to begin to move on our behalf and also on the behalf of others.
And if you have done anything to separate yourself from Jesus, this is the time that you get to repent to him. And so we're going to utilize this method. We're going to utilize our praise. We're going to utilize our repentance, our forgiveness. And we're going to utilize our asking and then our yielding everything over to him. So, Father, we glorify you. You are so awesome. You are a good, good father. I worship you because you are great. Father, you are the God who sits on the throne. And we glorify you. You are magnificent. You're holy. You're wonderful. You're kind. You're powerful. You're understanding. You're patient. You're long-suffering. You never fail. And you love us. Father, forgive us of our sins. God, we repent right now to you. Forgive me, Lord. And Father, we ask now in the name of Jesus that you would create in us a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Father, that you would continue to give us hope and joy and peace and love and allow me to love people even when they're unlovable. God, I'm nothing without you. You have all power in your hands. I relinquish my command to you. I relinquish myself to you. God, you do what you will. Not my will, but your will be done. In Jesus' name that we pray.